0: That's right. Um, we want to make sure that you keep this in mind, that when things are going crazy in your world, the idea is to keep calm and advent on. Keep looking to the second coming of Jesus. Um, we want to welcome everybody that is joining us or that will be joining us uh, in the future, um, or anybody that's not going to be watching this live all of a sudden and will be watching this uh, later on as a, as a replay. Uh, we want to thank you uh, for joining us. If you are on uh, we know more people will be logging on in a little bit. But if you are on right now, give us a shout out. Let us know that you are alive and well um, and that you are watching. And again, we want to thank you for connecting with us and, uh, you know, just uh, just just being here present for these conversations. Look, we we get it. Um, there are a lot of people, a lot of people doing a lot of things at this time. Like You can go on Facebook, you go and you'll see a bunch of different things happening. Uh, so we're thankful, honestly, that, that you've decided to join and, and log on with us. And uh, it, it definitely means a lot. Uh, just a quick shout out to Jaylene, who's the first one to get in. You know, we're, we're going to start doing like merch or something like that. And just she beat you know, Elias and today to whoever gives. A, <laughs> yeah, no, she beat Elias. That's for sure. I, I, you know, I don't know what to do with that. Jessica, as well as on. Happy Sabbath to Jaylene and Jessica uh, who are joining us. Um, and, and again, if you're hearing me, if you are live, give us a shout out. Let us know. That you're good, and we want you to be part of this conversation, especially through the chat. Uh, Jason, Andrew, you guys are all right. You guys doing okay?
1: Yeah. yeah. Um. Before we even start, I wanna, I just want to give a shout out to my brother Brandon. He says he's always on. He says he's one of the first ones on, but he says I never shout him out. But I want to <laughs> give him a shout out. He says he says he wants a t-shirt as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look, hey, you know what? Look, it's funny because uh, I mentioned this last week, right? That Elias was always on, and uh, I got a message from Genesis, who was again the, the media. Uh, guru at our church, and and she was like, "Wait a minute! I'm always on. I'm always the first one on." So, I, I don't know who's on first. I, I'm just happy you guys are connecting. That's a, that's that's the main thing. So, uh, Jason, you
2: doing okay? Yeah, I've been doing good. I mean, um, uh, at work it's been a little hectic. Like with everything going on, um, it's there's been a lot of work, but also because of my work being up here in the high desert, um, for some reason like crime has been going a little bit up through the roof, and we got hit not once but twice this week. Um, so it was a little tough, but I actually just got a message from my boss saying that one of the vehicles that was stolen from our lot just got found today. So at least, at least that's a good that, that's a good thing today, you know? But other right. than that, everything's good. Um, I'm, it's warm outside. I know you guys can feel it too. <laughs> no, I, absolutely. No,
0: it is. Uh, it's picking up everywhere, I think. Um, I don't know if you guys heard, but uh, San Bernardino County and Riverside County have now made the masks optional. I was reading about, about that covers. yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm hoping that's a good sign that we're heading in the in the right direction. By the way, we got a uh, Jessica's giving a shout out that she says we need to have merch. So um, I, 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 we're we're working on that. We're working on that.
1: Hey, no, no, it's definitely in the works. Um, my my wife's already working on that, so uh, we're gonna have that soon.
0: Yeah, hey, I know. I'm, I'm
1: dead serious. I know. Right, We're gonna have that real soon.
0: But you know what it is, we really honestly believe in this idea of keep calm and Advent on. Yeah. And, and this isn't even something that like is, is a human idea. This is actually a biblical idea. I mean, Paul literally says that all the present sufferings don't even compare to the glories that are expected for us. And that's literally the second coming. That's that's what that's about. Um, and so we really want you to keep focused on that. But again, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we appreciate you uh, uh, wanting to be part of this conversation and, and hear out what we have to talk about. Um, very quickly before we begin, cause we want to jump into this. Uh, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Number one, uh, if there is a question comment, as you know, we try to get these involved, we're doing this live. So if there is something that you want to contribute to this conversation, if we can bring it in, we will. Uh, that's the first thing. The second thing is that, uh, we have found maybe an efficient way or an inefficient way. I have no idea, but we found a way for you to connect with us a little bit better. Maybe bring up some of those comments that you've been thinking about or, uh, certain topics that you want us to talk about. Uh, we got an Instagram account, uh, and uh, the Instagram account actually allows you to link up to the videos that we've done in the past. It's a part of the conversations. Um, and it's very simple. It's keep calm advent on. So keep calm advent on. So the Instagram tag is at keep calm
2: advent on. Did I get that right, Jason? You got that right. And also on top of that, um, you guys, I'm pretty sure everybody that uses Instagram knows what noted stories are, like they're pinned onto your profile. Well, we got a section just for questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so go ahead, throw us your questions on there. In our profile, we also have our email link. So if you wanna email us a question or have something hefty that you wanna type more on, go ahead, shoot it on there. And right. I am um, working on getting an anonymous way for you guys to ask us questions. Cause I know there's questions that are personal or a little uncomfortable for you. And if you don't want to know, uh, I mean, if you don't want to specifically know who it is and you want to remain a little more anonymous, shoot them on. I'm going to get it up and running. It's going to be on Instagram. So you guys can go ahead and shoot us uh, questions on there too. Yeah, absolutely. And for the record, we want you to ask us questions. Like that's,
0: that's, uh, it challenges us as well in our spiritual lives and, and, and what scripture tells us, it makes us go back. So it benefits you, it benefits us. I mean, this is, this is what it's about. We really are about answering these questions because we have them as well, as you guys have seen in our introductory video. Um, so, uh, so just remember that's at keep calm advent on uh, uh, Instagram account, go on there, add us. Okay. Uh, we want to see you guys want to be able to connect that way as well um so uh, oh uh Andrew looks like you want to say something
1: no no I'm just gonna say yeah I mean we want to answer those questions um you know uh, uh another way is if you want to start a, an anonymous uh YouTube account that we you know even if you you know if you if you log in as uh you know one two three or whatever you want to name yourself but you know we really want these questions to come through because uh like Mitch was saying we don't have all the answers and just like you guys we struggle with these questions as well and and it just like it, it helps you guys it helps us as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It absolutely does. Um so we're going to we're going to jump into this and uh, as we want to do always we want to begin with a word of prayer. So uh if it's okay wherever you guys are at, uh, whoever you're with right now, just bow your heads with me and we're going to uh ask the Lord to be with us in this conversation. We're going to jump into this as soon as we can. So let's uh let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, uh thank you so much for allowing us to connect once again through this through these means. Um we know it may not be the ideal way, but we're, we're thankful that you at least allow us to do so. And we're hoping that everybody that has connected or everybody that will be connecting, may they find a blessing in this conversation. Uh, such an important conversation on this concept of the law on this issue of the law that is found in scripture. Um, we ask that you bless every young person, everybody that's joining us at this moment. And we hope that uh, you can speak to us th- today through this conversation. We thank you. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Uh, so once again, we want to just, Give us a shout out. Let us know you're alive and well. Uh, we see Chris here. Uh, we see my suegro Arturo Ramirez as well. Uh, thank you. Thank you for joining us and sending us a comment there. Happy Sabbath to all of you. Um, so uh, here it is. All right. This is that one topic, that that one topic that'll get you probably like 1,500 different answers from all these different types of Christians and denominations. And it was tit- we titled it Sweeter Than Honey coming from this idea that's found in Psalms chapter 19, uh, that the law, the law is sweeter than honey. Now, I don't know if it is, or if it isn't, um, but this is what we want to talk about. And so, um, I, I think, uh, and and I'm just going to start this off real quick. I think that we kind of all understand what we mean by the law. We're not talking about U S constitution. We're not talking about your local policies. Um, we are literally talking about God's law and, we we see that there are many questions that surround this. So let's just start off by asking a simple question that is not at all simple. Why does God even give us a law?
2: Why does God even give us a law? Basic answer, God is a God of order. And you keep order by putting laws. We see that here in our, if we're going to bring it down to human terms, why that's, why? that's why we have government, to keep things in order, to keep things... I guess you could say, at least here on Earth, to keep them functioning. That's a, that's a quick answer, Jason.
0: That's it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, Andrew, what do you think?
1: When we think of uh, the law, you know, why, like you said, I think it's, a, it's such a broad answer. There's so many things that, that that we can talk about. I think another one of the topics that was, uh, you know, why why that was a church given, right? You know, I gave like a, like ten different answers, and we can go all kinds of ways. You know, uh, Jason just said. Uh, uh, you know, to give us order. And, and absolutely, that's definitely one of the reasons. Uh, I, I want to just read the scripture for you guys and uh, just to start off from Romans 7, 7. Uh, sometimes I feel like I, I, I go to scripture too much, but I hope that that's a good problem, right? It's what it's about,
0: brother. It's what it's about. No, it's fine,
1: you are fine. fine. Romans 7, 7 uh, through 9, it says, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law, for I would not have known what covetous covetousness unless the law had said you have not covet you shall not covet but sin taking every opportunity by the commandment produced in me all manner of desire for apart from the law sin was dead i was alive once uh, once without the law but when the commandment came sin revived and i died i think uh when we read this verse paul lays it out uh uh per- pretty uh interestingly right a lot of times when we think about the law we we use this uh, parallel of uh it being like a mirror Right, okay. that, that that shows us these things. And here, it's interesting that Paul says, you know, without the law, I wouldn't have known what sin really was. I think we we talked about this in another uh, in uh, the subject of morality, right, where we all think that we know what's good. We all think we know what's a a, a, a bad. And and I think the law serves a, a very interesting uh, purpose, not the only purpose, but one of the reasons that God gives us the law because it shows us where we are wrong or or where we are failing. And, and uh, like Paul says. You know, if so there's some things in the Bible that um, I remember reading for the first time and, and not knowing that this was in the Bible, that this was something that was actually a sin, right? And and like uh, Paul says here, it, it's, it springs up, right, when you, when you see it uh, in the Word, right? And, and that's just one of the points. Uh, another point that I wanted to bring out is, um, you know, uh, we know that Jesus says, um, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and soul. Right. And love your neighbor as yourself on these two things, hang all the law and prophets. Right. And um, if we think of that, just why does God give us a law? I think that ultimately God gives us this law to ultimately point to loving him and loving our neighbor as ourselves. Right. Uh, Ellen White has this quote that I found in the great controversy that says before the entrance of evil, there was peace and joy throughout the universe. All was in perfect harmony with the creator's will. Love for God was supreme. Love for one another was impartial. So when I see why is it that God gave us a law to me, I see that God is trying to restore harmony to humanity, almost trying to bring us up to, uh, to heaven itself.
0: Um, you know what, look, I'm going to piggyback off of this, uh, the Ellen White quote uh, regarding um, when before there was sin, right? There was all this harmony. Because I come at it from a completely different angle from you guys. I'm not saying you guys are wrong. I just I, I'm I, I guess I'm I'm thinking as to why God gave law to begin with. Okay, and I, I'm I'm not going to speak so much of what happened before the foundation of the world. Okay, but I I do think about what happened when uh, in in the Garden of Eden, God says, "Don't eat from this tree." Now there's only one commandment, but it is a commandment. It is law, right? And, and whenever we read that story, you guys all know it. This is Genesis chapter two, verse 17, right? Um, God comes in and looks at Adam and says, look, of every tree of the garden, you can eat. That's not a problem, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. So there's a law. And then there's the reason as to why he gives it, right? He says, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And so what I see is that pre-sin. Okay. And, and I, I got to make sure I, I make that distinction before the fall when God establishes his commandment, his law, he does so, so that we don't end up dealing with very serious consequences. The most serious out of them all, right? Death. death. So it, it it's, it's like, um, the way I see it is that God is trying to look out for us when he establishes the law. Now, again, this is pre-sin. There are no consequences of death at this point. Once we fall into sin... Then things start changing a little bit because now the law obviously begins to change. And, you know, eventually we get 10 commandments and all these other things. Uh, but, but specifically before sin, what I see is that God comes in and, and what he's trying to do is make sure that they don't carry this burden eventually, right? Uh, he, Yes, a loving God, right? Yes, a God that, that takes care of his child. But he could have easily said, figure it out on your own. Gives no law whatsoever. That would have been pretty drastic. And anybody could have blamed God at that point. Why wouldn't? Why weren't you taking care of your children at that point?
1: Well, I, I think that, that you, I wanted to make another point. Just I thought that you made a perfect point that you said that the law was given before sin even came into this world, right? When we think of, of some of the laws that we have now, right? You're talking about uh, the gov- the governmental laws that we have, right? We do this because uh, there's a need to have a, a, a you know, um, how would you say it? There's like, uh, you, you can't just go over and murder someone and just think you can okay. just continue living your life. And, and we do all these things almost as if a, a, a protective, a protection to society. And this is, is even more powerful because you said it, it's something that God instituted before even these things happen. We do this uh, as a society because these are things that are happening. But God is saying, I'm going to implement implement this law before these things even happen. Yeah, so it, our it, protection.
2: It, yeah, go ahead, Jason. Sorry. It's because if you look at it, when just at Eden. Okay, so... <clears throat> we have a god that gives us freedom of choice if he doesn't give us a law he doesn't give us freedom of choice cuz when you have a law it clearly states if something's broken this is the consequence mm. but if you have no law you have no consequences there's no point of mm. having a there's no point of having a choice you have no choice so if there's a law it's like do i choose to follow it or do i not do i want to experience those consequences or do i not want to experience it that's also how i see it as i see it also I, i now that mitch says that viewing it from that point it's like if god does not give a law he doesn't give humanity the freedom of choice and that destroys the whole concept of how god's character is if there's no law if he doesn't give us choice where's the love of god the the whole concept of god being love gets completely um discarded out of the picture
0: yeah yeah it's almost like um uh god is love by giving a commandment that protects his children exactly god is also love by presenting a choice and not forcing you to keep that commandment right so in in either way god is showing his love and I, i think i mentioned it last
2: week like that's what's crazy about god's character it's like okay here's the law here's the consequences now the law was just made to 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 show you the consequences like this is what you're supposed to do and this is the consequence but then because god has so much love for us, it's like okay but here's the answer to all that here if you broke the law here's my answer to that here's my son so he in his divine providence he's still like even though he's the one that's providing the law he's still provided the answer on how to redeem ourselves from breaking, breaking the law. Yeah.
0: And and so, and so what I, what I, you know, in, in looking at all this, I keep thinking, not only is God protecting you from falling into super serious things, right. By giving you a law, but he's actually telling you that this is by establishing law. uh, He is telling you, this is the highest quality of life that you can live, right? Mm -hmm. This is the best way to live the best life. If you follow this commandment, and we know this is true in Genesis, because the moment that they fall into sin, they feel shame, they feel naked, they're running away from God. And then all these crazy consequences of nature, of social relations, and even death, right? Yeah. All those things happen. Imagine, you know, and we, and we look at it and we say, oh, well, God was just simply telling them, don't eat so you don't die. But God knew that all he was pointing to was the worst consequence, because there were many other things that came along with that. So the law is there. I like what Romans 7:12 says, right, where it says, therefore, the law is holy and the commandment, holy and just and good. And you say, how can the law be holy, just and good? Well, because it leads you to holiness, to justice, to goodness, to the highest quality of life you can you 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 can potentially have.
1: Yeah. And, and just to kind of add to that, what you were saying, you know, uh, I think I would, I mentioned this quote, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, where uh, Ellen White Talks about how the, uh, as she says, the law of love being the very foundation uh, of, of, of the economy of God, its very principles uh, were, were the establishment of the highest level of happiness for his creatures, right? So, well, yeah, exactly what you were saying.
0: Yeah. And, and then let me, but let me add another thing too. And I wanna see what you guys think about this, because I not only see uh, law being given to protect you from falling into this, again, as I said, this was pre sin, post sin, the law now picks up another function right? Uh, And I still think it's still talking to you about the highest quality of life possible. It's still trying to protect you from very grave circumstances. Uh, But I'm going to read a text to you guys, uh, Galatians chapter three, verse 19, right? Where, where Paul says, um, uh, what purpose again, Galatians 3, 19, what purpose then does the law serve, right? He's asking the question and it says it was added because of transgression. So, um, There, there is something about sinning that requires the law, right? And Mm -hmm. of course, then he goes on to say that uh, it was added because of transgressions, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and that was obviously Jesus. But then notice what he says, right? Um, Romans seven seven, and this is where I want I want to see what you guys think about this. He says, "What shall we say then? Is the law sin? No, certainly not, right? That's what he says. On the contrary, here it is: I would not have known sin." except through the law, for I would not have known covetousness unless the law said you shall not covet, right? So what Paul is saying now, pre-sin, God does it so you don't fall into serious circumstances, into serious consequences. Post-sin, this is about letting you know that you are sinning. This is about identifying sin or pointing out what sin is. And, and so the law takes it maybe even a more important function now that we are in a world of sin.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that, that begs the, the, the next question is, uh what is the significance of the law in our lives? You know, what, what does that look like in our lives? And um, I, I like the way that you titled the, uh, 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 this, uh, this week's topic, right? Uh, sweeter than honey, right? Because I think that when we, when we look at the law, a lot of it is perspective, right? And, and how we see it, right? A lot of times when we look at the word, the law, we have all these negative connotations that go along with it, right? You know, the first thing you think about law is, is as you mentioned, right? We think of, of law enforcement, uh, police officers, military, right? We have all these uh, negative connotations when we think of the law. Uh, and and so, so it is a lot, all of it has to do with perspective. But I wanna read to you guys a, ver- a verse from Philippians 3.1, right, when we're talking about the significance of, uh, of the law in our lives today, right? Uh, Philippians 3:1 says further mer- further my brothers and sisters rejoice in the Lord it is no trouble for me to write the same same things to you again and it is a safeguard to you right this is um, uh, 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 Paul here speaking but I, I believe that Peter also says it in his, wri- in his writings and um, the, the, the reason why I brought this verse up because it, it says in a particular phrase at the end it says and it is a safeguard mm-hmm. for you. Right. When we look at the law. Right. We're saying that it has uh, some protective measures for us that allows us to know that we're sinning. Right. And he says that it is no problem for him to continue for him to remind us of these things because it is a safeguard to us. You know, I remember thinking to myself, you know, um, before, I guess, uh, I really started taking um, my my walk with God uh, seriously. I used to think to myself, how is it possible that some of these preachers that get up? on the pulpit, man. And they have all these things uh, to memory, right? Yeah. They, they come up there. Yeah, I don't know if you guys ever seen those preachers, man. They just go off the top of their head. They probably never even look at, at, at the scriptures and they have all, they'll tell you where it's found, all these things. And I remember things like, man, like, how, how do you do that? You know I remember, I remember sitting in my Bible and, and trying to uh, memorize lo- large portions of scripture. Right. And just trying to uh, say, okay, I'm gonna memorize this verse, this, uh, th- these verses this week. Right. And, and try to do it through that way. But then I realized in my walk with God later on, far later on, that this was not these, these people uh, sitting down and, and putting these large portions of, of Scripture to mer- memory. But th- this, this was, as Paul says, a repetition. This was something that, that you know, uh, something that I learned in my life, you know, that the more that you repeat these things, like that's why he says, it's not much for me to repeat these th- things to you over and over, for it is a safeguard to you, right? The more that we... Um, I guess, uh, uh, are in the word of God, or the more that we're we're uh, uh, in the scriptures, right? This law becomes a safeguard because it's just something that comes second nature and it just comes to our mind. It's not something that we have to initially memorize, right? And, and I, I thought that that was something uh, that was very uh, very significant, especially when we think of the law today.
0: And really- sure, Andrew, Andrew, for the record, because I'm, I'm hearing your mic, We gotta. It, it sounds like your sound is coming in and out. So just to make sure that everybody else can hear you, uh, you know, just just as a heads up there, but we want to make sure that that's corrected so we can hear you very clearly. We can hear you. It just sounds like it's fading out a little bit. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, no, no, I I'm I'm with you on this, especially when you mentioned the whole preachers, right? And this idea that uh, you you you've repeated it and you've repeated it and you've repeated it over and over again. Um, I think it's important that we know what is right and what is wrong, and that is what the law really tells us, right? It tells us this is what you should do, this is what you should not do. And that should be memorized. That that there should be something, as you said, second nature. The problem is that we have a first nature. If I could continue that 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 example, right? We have a first nature that literally battles against the law. Like it goes against the law. You guys have read Romans 7. Romans 7, Paul goes in and he's like, Look, I know that there is another law in me, right? And so and so, so the concept is that as, as good as the law is. This is why I think trying to figure out the significance of the law in our lives is so important because we sometimes think it's just about determining what is right and what is wrong. The problem is we know what is right and what is wrong. We still don't do it. Right? I mean, we're still fighting against the principles of God's law because our human nature has fallen. And so so I I I find and this is this is where where I find the words of Paul. So powerful. This is uh, Galatians chapter 3, verses 24 and 25, because it tells you another function and significance of the law in our lives, right? Where he says, therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. That text to me tells you what the significance is in our lives, right? We battle against the law, but the idea of the law is to eventually look at it and say, Man, I'm in the I'm in the wrong, I'm in the bad. This is not good in my life. I need Christ. I need Jesus. It's the only way I'm going to be justified. And then he says, Once we've come to Jesus, then the law doesn't serve as a tutor. Now it serves as something completely different, right? It's no longer about being condemned by the law, but now it's about literally trying to live up to the uh, up to the purposes and the goals of the law. So uh, there is that idea that uh, the law is meant to take you to Jesus without the law. I'm going to venture to say this without the law, you don't seek
2: for Jesus. You don't search oh. for Jesus. You don't care about Jesus. And I was actually, I was actually going to bring up Galatians 2:20 Cause I mean, the only way you're going to know what the law is, if you is, if you're truly looking for God and if you truly have love for him. And then Galatians two 20 says, has um, says, and I think I feel it complements what you've been saying. It says, I have been crucified with Christ it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave me gave Himself for me. Mm-hmm. So, so there you go again. Like once you once, once faith stops being, um, I mean, um, once the law stops being a tutor, and it's faith that, that that's that's really what what um what's moving us we become crucified with Christ and we, it's not our will anymore. That's being done. It's whatever he wants us to do. So even, even more of a, of a determining factor on how we're going to follow the law and how we're going to view it. Cause I really like that Andrew pointed that out. Cause, um, that, um, we're the law is going to be either bitter. or It's going to be sweet to us depending mm. on with mm. what scope we view it. Uh, when I think about that, like, I think about, about all the times that my parents said, oh when you'll get on older you understand oh when you have kids you're gonna understand and even up to this date it bothers me well the kids won because I still don't have kids so but it used to bro, let me hey, bro let me tell you there. no no they're right they are no, hundred percent of once you, know, yeah, once I, you I, have kids you're like well a certain whoa. aspect I know they're right because I have siblings and I oh, saw my siblings yeah. grow up especially my little brother I was 10 by the time he was born so yeah, I yeah. saw I saw kind of had a had a glimpse into how it is. But when they would tell me, oh, when you'll grow up, you'll understand. Or when you're older, you'll understand. They used to bug me because uh, I would be like, why can't you guys just tell me now? Explain it to me now. But I didn't know that I had to go through certain situations for me to be able to understand that. And it's the same thing with the law. If you don't start looking for Christ, if you don't start looking at seeing certain situations or living certain situations, you're never going to see what the benefits of the law in your life are. Hmm.
1: Uh, I, I wanted to add to uh, what you guys were saying. You know, uh, of, about the law not not being enough. Uh, you said uh, something that uh, it was our tutor, right? And, and I think that's important. Uh, you know, we have this phrase in the in the in the Christian world. You know, and I'm and I'm am uh, I'm, I'm gonna say that I'm one of the ones that that's, that quotes this verse all the time. We have this phrase. You know, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, right? Mm-hmm. And, and this idea of of working out, right? It's kind of like like you said. It's a tutor. And it kind of almost points to to uh, to uh, the law itself, but we always forget the verse that follows, right? We just we just say work out your salvation with fear and trembling, right? But the very next verse says, "For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for His good pleasure." So, like you said, we have at one point the law, which is a tutor, almost a incomplete, right? Without Jesus Himself, because Jesus Himself. God is the one who wills us to, to do his good pleasure, you know? And one of the things that that came to my mind, you know, as I was uh, reading the book of Romans this week, uh, there's something that, and sometimes I try to uh, overconnect scripture too much, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't, I don't know why, why this happens. But, and, and this came to my mind. I don't know if you guys remember when Paul is talking to the, to the Jews about circumcision, Uh he's talking to them, how um, circumcision was no, was of no advantage to them right he's comparing the jews to the gentiles saying there is no advantage in in having circumcision right and um he's kind of explained to them um and, and then in romans 225 he says uh this he says circumcision has value if you observe the law but if you break the law you have become as though you had not been circumcised and sure. you guys ask well why did this come to my mind because it says it only had value if they actually observed the law, right? So all these different traditions, all these different uh, ceremonies, or, or the covenant that, that God made with his people, right, of circumcision, it only had value if they observed the law. But the thought that came to my, my mind right now that we have Jesus is that not only does a circumcision only have value if we view the law, but the law only has value if we observe Jesus.
0: The, oh, say that again the law only has value if, if we, we observe,
1: observe jesus
0: oh that's fair that's
1: you fair. know and, and that thought came to my mind because i was like you know all these uh, old traditions that they had they only had value if they viewed the law but now we take it even a step further the law uh, the only has value if we observe jesus
0: yeah, I, yeah absolutely look um I, I think i think that there's a there's an important concept when when we look at the law and and it it may be I don't want to say it's abstract, but it, but it makes sense if you think about it, right? The idea is that the law implicitly points us to Jesus. How so? The moment that I look at the law and I look at my own life and I compare it to the law, right? Paul talks about it being like a mirror. And I look at my, or James might've been, whoever it is, uh, looks at it it like it's a mirror. And you look at yourself in the mirror. And the idea is that you're supposed to see where your blemishes and where you are imperfect at. And let's not pretend we don't know. Look, I'm looking at you guys. You guys all got nice hair going on right now. Uh, I don't know if my hey, hair is nice, know, but I did.
2: The pimples, yeah. the little okay. acne yeah.
0: I mean, you, you, you guys know about that, right? I mean, we all went through puberty and all those different things. And it, it was just crazy time. You look at yourself in the mirror, you see where you are imperfect and you need something to fix that imperfection. Here's the problem though. And this is this is where I get a little... um. not not nervous, but I get a little worried whenever we talk about the law, because oftentimes we will look in the mirror of the law and we will see that we are imperfect. And then our conclusion is, man, I got to find a way to make myself perfect. And that's not possible. Either it's going to point to human works or it's going to point to divine works, right? It's either going to point to what you can do, which is very limited and practically nothing in comparison to what perfection is, or it's going to point you to Jesus. And Jesus says, look, carry look carry what i'm what i'm going to give you because it's light right as opposed to what what you want to carry on your own and and so this idea right that that the more that we focus on the law the more valuable jesus becomes or the more that we focus on jesus the more valuable the law becomes or, or go hand in hand the law leads you to jesus without it we would not be able to find a savior.
1: Yeah, and I I wanted to add. Sorry uh, for uh, to the verse that you were saying. I think that exactly what you're saying. You know, uh, uh, the the verse you're quoting for from where um, Paul is talking about uh, the the word being as a mirror. Right? He says, "For now we know in part; then we shall know fully. Now, right now we see as in a mirror dimly, you know. Then we shall see him fully, right? And and that I remember looking that up uh, uh, the mirror because when we think of mirrors now, we can we can clear we can see like an HD. We have you know, if you cleaned your mirror with Windex, you could see yourself, you could see every pimple. You know, you, I've seen some of these uh, mirrors that the, the, uh, the, the women use that like zooms in like 10 times. Like you could see everything <laughs> with the mirrors that we have now, right? But if we think about those times, those mirrors that they had in that time were just polished metal. So after time, it becomes dull and it's right. hard to see your image. Right. And that's what the, uh, the description that Paul is using there. He see, he's, he's saying that we see as in a mirror dimly. Right. We can see ourselves, but all the scratches in the metal, everything is kind of not allowing us to see the full picture. But this is not. But then we will know fully. And that's insane. Jesus is the full picture. Right. Right. The law is only part of that.
0: Yeah. 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 And I wanted to add something else to that, because um, the law is not only a part of it. Right. The law. Look, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here. okay? For a very long time, when I was a kid, my idea of the law was just like this, this very negative, very heavy thing, right? It was always about the law, the law, the law, and you can't do this and you can't do that. And, and especially when it came to Sabbath, by the way. Okay. When it came to Sabbath, like it was, you know, a Seventh-day Adventist in case somebody's watching us, it's not Seventh-day Adventist. You know, we believe that the Sabbath is from sunset to sunset, from Friday night, sunset to uh, a Saturday night. Right. And, um, and so for 24 hours, right. It was always can't watch TV can't watch sports, can't play with a ball, can't write. And so it was always just no, 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 no. And so it feels like it becomes this huge burden. But I feel that the problem is that we simply don't understand the purpose of the law. Because when you understand the purpose of the law, that's not the conclusion you end up at. It's almost like you end up saying, thank you, Lord, for giving us this part, this thing known as the law. And I don't know how many of you have literally uh, like uh, uh, before you go to sleep, you're praying, right? You're doing your prayers, and you're like, "Hey Jesus, you know, thank you for today. Thank you for all your blessings. Oh, and I want to thank you for your law. Like I don't, I don't think that's like something that doesn't come out of my mouth, right? I don't ever say those words. And yet, and yet, the psalmist praise God for His law, right? David says that it is sweeter than the honeycomb, right? So, so obviously, they find this incredible benefit. In being given a law, that's powerful to me. I don't know what you guys think.
1: Yo, no, I, I agree a hundred percent. You know, we were actually talking about this uh, in a Bible study yesterday. That uh, when we think of the law, right, uh, we were kind of using this idea. We think of commandments, right, a commander giving you commands, right. We have this this idea that it's just a command. We have to follow these to the to the T. But when we have that perspective, it almost lends us to go in the opposite direction, right? And, and I think we have to be passionate about the law. And I use that word because, you know, we, we have to, we have to, how would you say um, there was a verse that I was reading, you know, uh, it's in the old Testament where where they're talking about the uh, the Sabbath day, right? Where he says, if you would keep from doing your will on my day and call my Sabbath, a delight, right? That word for you to get to a place where the commandments of God are a delight. There's something different. Like you said, when we were younger, it, it was it was a command. It was a sundown, you know, sunset, to, you know, sundown, to sundown. As soon as it was done, you already had the controllers plugged in. You were ready to play uh, Xbox or whatever it was. Right. Because it, it wasn't a delight. Sure. Right. And so we have to look at it from that perspective. We have to uh, um, uh, the law of God has to has not has to be something we treasure, something that's passion, uh, uh, something that we delight in. It,
2: It goes back down to what scope we view it with, um, like back to the, when we were kids thing, like, um, I actually had a conversation with my brother not too long ago. And he's like, okay. Like, he's like, I, I hate when my parents tell me, no, you can't do that, but they don't give me a reasoning. Mm. And that's sometimes how we view the law. We don't, we only see what it's saying, but we don't read, we don't read in the Bible. What else it's telling us it's protecting us from. That's why we don't see it like that. Because when you start seeing all the bad things that could happen, if you don't, let's, let's just say, let's just look at the, like a, like superficial view of the 10 commandments, you murder someone. We already know the bad connotations behind that. Mm. If you start coveting things, we know the bad connotations behind that. If you disrespect your mom and your, and your dad, not just what's going to happen here in your household, but like what could, what the Bible says, like you won't, you won't be blessed afterwards, you know? And it's like if yeah. we start viewing at all the good things that the bible that the that the law does for, for us that it protects us from that's where we start seeing the sweetness but it really it, it all depends on what view we wear on. because if i view it just as a, as a set of rules and restrictions on things that i can't do it is never going to be see, sweet and we're never going to see the benefit from it but, do, but but do they restrict us that's the thing it depends on how you view it yeah. i Obviously now that I'm older and I've done my studying of it, I don't see it as a restriction. I just see it as like, wow, like God's telling me, don't do that because this could happen. Do I really want that to happen to me? Do I really want to like going back to, if I kill someone, do I really want to end up in prison? Do I really want to cause another family pain? Do I really want those bad things to happen to me? God's telling me, like, this is, this is what could happen. It's not a restriction. And once again, like I was saying earlier, he left this as a choice. If, if it wasn't his choice, then yes, it would count as a restriction, but the fact that he still gives you the choice like, Hey, look, this is, the, this is the good things. If you follow my law, and here's the bad things. Now it's your choice. If you're going to follow it or not, I'm not going to make you do it, but you are going to deal with the consequences. Yeah. And, and we,
0: can't, we can't ignore the consequences. Uh, Andrew, before you say your comment, I just want to give a shout out to everybody that's joining us today. Thank you so much once again for joining us. Um, and uh, uh, the people who we haven't said, Chris Lopez, uh, thank you. Happy Sabbath. Master Chief, Master Chief is back on. Okay. Hey, and hey, so we, uh, we appreciate Master Chief for being on. Happy Sabbath to you. Uh, uh, my mother-in-law, Maria Ramirez as well, is on. Um, and uh, Michelle, all the way from Hawaii, I believe, all right. We hope that you and Johnny are doing well, and and uh, we're glad that you are on. But by, by the way, for anybody that's watching us live, feel free. Uh, if if you have a question, you have a comment you want to bring into this conversation, put it in the chat. And let us know. Also, feel free to share these these videos. Like you know, if you need to put a share on in, put the link, whatever you need to do. We want to make sure that other people also hear it. Uh, Andrew, you wanted to say something. Uh, what, what 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 was that comment you were thinking? No, about? no.
1: I just wanted to kind of uh, challenge you guys a little bit. Now you know that we went over this a little bit more. So it's like. I wanted to ask you guys a question. Um, do we have to obey the law to be saved? What do you guys think about that?
0: Huh.
1: you know, that, That's a tough question.
0: <laughs> you know what? I don't think it's a tough question. I don't. I'm going to be honest with you. I really don't. Um, if I'm taking your question literally, the answer is no. I don't have to obey to be saved. Okay? That is but, not what's saved. But? Yeah. Well, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm not adding that three-letter word yet. Okay? Uh, hear me out on this, right? Uh, We know the famous text. I got a couple of them for you, okay? Uh, Galatians 2, 15, 16 says, we who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man, the Jews knew that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. And and I'm I'm just going to stop right there for a second. How do they know that? Because this is all, one would argue this is all new to them. Well, they know this because of Abraham. Think about Abraham's story think about the law. Okay? Think about Abraham, Genesis chapter 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, etc. Okay? And then the 10 commandments, Exodus chapter 20. Which one came first? The commandments or the story of Abraham? Cuz the Bible says that Abraham was justified by faith even before law was pronounced by God. There is only one way for you to be saved and that is by grace through faith. That is it. There is no other way. The law functions a different purpose on those who are saved. I'm not going to get into that right now. I'm just answering your question. I think it's very easy. Obedience does not save you. Oh, I'm going to say it. Obedience does not save you and I'm ready. Bring it back at me. What's going on?
1: No, no. I I wanted to mention that because um, like you said, we we have what we believe would be two conflicting scriptures. I want to read them to you, right? One of them is actually stated by Jesus himself, which is interesting. I'll read uh, the one in another one found in Galatians, right? Don't, tell me,
0: don't tell me the one that Jesus, Matthew chapter five. No, no, no. no. Okay, all right, all right, all right. All right. Galatians. Somebody
1: get to that one, yeah. No, Galatians 3:21, which says, "Is the law then against the promises of God? Certainly not. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, truly righteousness would have been given yes. by the law, right?" Yes. Now we have the words of Jesus and this is him speaking to the rich young ruler.
0: Hold on. Hold on. But before, before, before you continue though, because that text you just read, okay. That text you just read is so important, right? It says, if there was a way for yeah. you to be declared righteous through law, that law would have been given, but it's not,
1: back, but there wasn't. Yeah.
0: There was no law. Right. Correct. Go ahead. Go
2: ahead.
1: And, and then in Matthew 19 16, it says, right now, behold, one came and said to him, good teacher, What good thing shall I do that I might have eternal life? So he said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good, but one that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments.
0: I I have no, look, I have no problem with that statement at all. By the way, then the young man says, because we got to finish the story. Then the young man says, oh yeah, I've kept them all. And and Jesus does not call him a liar for the record. All right. Jesus says, okay. In fact, the young man asked, well, what do I lack? And he says, go, sell everything that you have. And here it is. And come and follow me. So here he was, what he perceived to be obeying all the commandments. And yet he still did not have eternal life, right? He still didn't have feeling. it. And so, and so what was the missing piece? What was the thing that he needed to have to be able to inherit eternal life? It was Jesus. And the only way you have Jesus is through faith. So this is where I go back to. Uh, let me give you guys an example here. And, and let me see what you guys think about this. There is is a thief on the cross right next to Jesus. Mm -hmm. There are two. I'm talking about the good one, not the bad one. Well, they're both (laughs) bad for the record, right? Because they're up there.
1: Semantics, bro, semantics. Semantics,
0: whatever, (laughs) right? But it's the one that literally seeks Jesus and tries to find Jesus. Is he going to be saved based on what we know? I'm asking you guys, is is that thief going to be saved? Yes or no? The,
1: The good one. Yeah, the good yes. one,
0: the, or the, the <laughs> bad course. one that turned good, whatever, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, they say. How do we know that? Because Jesus says, "Look, verily I say unto I you, you, you will be with me." Okay, so we know he's going to be saved. Perfect. How many good works did he do? Yeah, following the law his whole life. That was a, that's why he was on the cross. What saves you? What saves you is not obedience. Now here's the problem, though. Okay, and this is where you wanted me to bring in this three letter word. Okay, <laughs> but- here's the problem. Well, here, and and I, the thing is that then. We grab this concept and we run with it, right? And we say, oh, see, so it doesn't matter because I think this is the problem that many Christians have with the law. They look and they read and they say, oh yeah, you know, we're saved by grace and by faith. And it is true, you are. That does not mean that the law is not valid. Here
2: you go. Okay, And, and let
0: me, uh, Jason, hold on, hold on. Let me, and let me finish this thought and let me explain why I think that the law is still valid. Because what makes the the law requires for Jesus to die. Would you guys agree with that? Right? Okay. If there was no law, Jesus doesn't have to die, but because there is a law points to our sin and therefore Jesus dies. Jesus' death validates the law. We kind of mentioned that already, right? But his death validates the law. So then what? Jesus dies and now all of a sudden the law doesn't mean anything at all? No, no. The, the law continues to serve a purpose, it's not invalidated,
2: even though Jesus died on the cross. I'm sorry, Jason, I, I cut you off. No, no, no it's okay. No, I, I actually have two texts that I think support all of this that you guys are saying. So the first one is Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9. I think the majority of us know it, um, where I've at least heard it at one point in our lives. And it says, for, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. And that, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. So there you go. That's the answer to why the thief on the cross is saved. Correct? Because sure. it, it wasn't. It wasn't through works. It was through faith. At that point on the cross, he had faith in Jesus. Jesus told him, oh, "You're going to heaven, dude. You're saved. You're saved. You're saved." So now I'm going to I'm gonna jump to John 14:15, and it says, "If you love me, keep my commandments." So in order yeah. to have faith in Jesus, in order to have be saved by grace, which is through faith, you have to love Jesus. And if you're loving Jesus, you're going to listen to what he says and take it literal. And in that verse, John 14, 15, it says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So if you have faith in me, you'll keep my commandments. At sure. least that's how I view it. Sure, sure. Hold on, hold on. But can I ask you to do
0: me a favor? Yeah. You, you still got Ephesians chapter two up? Hold on, let me pull it back up. Okay, yeah. hold on. pull it back up for a second. Ephesians chapter 2, read verse 8 and read verse 9 one
2: more time. Okay can, okay, can you read that one more time? It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Uh, and I'm with you on that, okay? And it's good. Now, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Jesus in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Whoa, 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 right, right. So here he
0: goes. Okay, so here it goes. You have been saved by faith, and the product of that is that you keep the law.
2: Uh-huh.
0: By the way, and I'm going to say something else to John 14, 15, because when you go back to the, to the Greek version of that verse, it isn't, if you love me, keep my commandments, because that sounds like he's suggesting to you, if you love me please keep my commandments. Mm -hmm. And so we think, oh, so that means that um, God wants me to show his love by keeping his commandments. But when you look at it in the Greek, it's if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Okay. Mm -hmm. It is an automatic consequence from salvation, from, from the gift of God, from grace for that matter, by the way, not of us, but from grace uh do you guys mind if i enter in this uh comment that just came in right now in in our chat again thank you for everybody that's joining us this is i I think this is kind of the idea they're saying you have to experience this is from isaura sikairos uh you have to experience the good of the law in your life then you'll appreciate it then you'll obey them because you are saved saved equals accepted jesus and i would say saved equals or leads to keeping of the law
2: shout out to my girlfriend's mom for commenting that oh nice nice okay good 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 (laughs) You better make that shout out,
1: by the way, Jason. You better, all right? Yeah, I kind of wanted to um, push back with you guys. You know, now we went a little bit over both sides, right? How we have part of the law and then we have Jesus, right? And it's a combination of, the, of, of both of those. Like you said, you know, uh, uh, we will keep his commandments, right? They're a reflection of his character ultimately. But I have a question, a little bit of a cur- curveball for you guys. And I want to see what you guys think. You know, if God's law was so perfect, then why did faith in Jesus have to be instituted?
0: If God's law was so perfect.
1: Then, then why, why I, did faith in Jesus sir, have to be instituted?
0: I, I would I would ask you to define what do you mean by if God's law was so perfect, because I, I hey,
1: it's up, it's up to you. The question, that's just the question. Okay.
0: okay fair enough. Look, um, God's law is perfect. We just can't reach that standard. Okay. By the way, for by our own doing, because initially at least everything that we have in scripture tells us that if Adam and Eve don't eat from the tree, they would have kept the law perfectly. So the only way, by the way, this is, this brings a text. I'm going to, let me, let me throw in this verse, right? I was telling you about Matthew chapter five. Um, Jesus goes in and in Matthew chapter five says that he did not come. Uh, to abolish the law, but to fulfill it, right? You guys know this text. But then in verse 20, this is what he says. He says, for I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, he's not saying that only Pharisees and scribes are going to go in. What he's saying is that the standard to make it into heaven is perfect righteousness, because that's what they were aiming for. I mentioned this before, some of you may have heard me if I I preached on this, 613 laws found in Torah. That is what they were trying to keep and they were trying to keep it perfectly. And Jesus is saying, oh, you want to go to heaven? Then you have to keep it perfectly. That is the only way you make it into heaven. You must keep God's law perfectly because it is a perfect law. Andrew, I can't do that, man. I've already messed up. My my record is 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 already, you know, I'm 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 0-1 when it comes to the law and keeping it perfectly, right? I'm already losing here. So I need faith in Jesus. The law of God is perfect. I the problem is that I have not been able to keep it. And so I need someone who can keep it. Jesus. Oh,
1: Christ. I hear you. I'm I'm owing a million. If you're owing one, I'm owing a million. Hey, <laughs> no, I'm just
0: saying I... against perfection, bro. Oh, okay, I'm not owing okay. <laughs> ten million. Okay. I'm yeah. <laughs>
1: No, but I, uh, you're absolutely right. I wanted to add a, a verse to actually back up what you were saying. In Romans 8, 3 through 4, it says, For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Of course, yeah, you know, we see that because of the, the, the weakness like you said, our weakness, right? It was not that the law was not perfect, but but because of our, I guess, imperfection, right? But I want to push back even more now, right? The question... Oh, come on, Andrew. Come on, Andrew.
0: What's oh, up? No, go for it. Go for it. Yeah.
1: If, okay, the original question was, if God's law was so perfect, then why did faith in Jesus have to be instituted, right? We said because of, of our own weakness, right? But now I have another question. Why wasn't it instituted earlier? If Jesus was the answer... Right, why wasn't Jesus' death instituted earlier? Why did he come to 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 die for us when when uh, when Adam first sinned, or why or 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 any time before that? Why at that point? What do you guys uh, think?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I I want to say something, but Jason, go ahead. I don't, I don't know. If oh, you want go to go ahead. Let's see if my okay. goes along no, with look, yeah, yeah, look, look. Um, uh, but I don't think that's true. Uh, I I I don't think that Jesus' death was not instituted before that. It may not have, the actual event may not have happened, but immediately we see that God covers Adam and Eve with, with with animal skin, right? And so we know that there is now this idea that you must be covered by righteousness for you to be able to stand before God. That's the idea. And then later on, we see in the example of Abraham that there is this this, I, this concept of your son should die. No, wait a minute. There is a substitute for the one that should be dying. Your son should be dying, Abraham right? Isaac should be dying, but no, the Lord provides a substitute. And then eventually we get to the sanctuary and in the sanctuary, you find every single symbol that points to Jesus. So faith is still present and the sacrifice of Jesus is still present. They were supposed to have picked up on the fact that Jesus was the sacrificial lamb who, by the way, John figured it out, right? John knew this is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So he's going all the way back to the very beginning. It's there. The concept of, of being saved by faith is
1: there. No, I'm not. not I agree with that. But well, my question is, why didn't he die for us earlier? Not whether if faith was ret. you know, uh, the Bible says that it was a uh, retroactive. Right. For those who uh, who, who live by faith. Yeah. Am I still there?
0: Uh, yeah, we, we lost the image, but we can hear we you. Lost the image, we can OK. Hear
1: you. Yeah. Well, uh, the question was, why didn't he die earlier for us? What do you guys think?
0: Well, look, I mean, uh, the, the Bible does talk about Jesus dying at the specific time, right? At the, at the right time. Um, so obviously there was a plan on behalf of God in allowing things to run, uh, in allowing sin to take its course, in allowing um, uh, all, all this evil to develop so that we can see the horror of it. Uh, at least that's the way that I would read as to why Jesus died at the time that he did, uh, as opposed
2: to dying immediately after, right? No. And I mean, not just that. If God would have, if at the moment of the fall of man, if God would have patched things up immediately, where would have our free will come into place? Where have, where would that God of justice and of love, where would his character have came into place? Because he'd be like, oh look, he's not letting he's not letting them have free will. He's immediately covering it up for them. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's also, I, I. That's also that's also that's why that's also one of the reasons. Besides having the bigger plan. That's sure. one of the reasons why God did that, because He 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 wanted to show the that 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 um that Satan was wrong. That He is a God of love. That He is a God of justice, and that both of those things for with God work together. Sure, absolutely. No, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go go for it. No, no, I was gonna say something else,
0: but go ahead. Go ahead.
1: No, no, yeah, yeah, I think you guys hit it right on the nail, and that's exactly what I wanted to. Uh, I I saw this question play somewhere, and I thought it was a really good, good question. That is it's absolutely true. Uh, There's actually a quote uh, from Ellen White, uh, though I think probably the one that you were mentioning, if I could read it, it says, even when it was decided, talking about Satan, even when it was decided that he could no longer remain in heaven, infinite wisdom did, did not destroy Satan. Since the service of love can alone be acceptable to God, the allegiance of his creatures must rest upon a conviction of his justice and benevolence. The inhabitants of heaven and of other worlds being unprepared to comprehend the nature or the consequences of sin could not have then seen the justice and the mercy of God in the destruction of Satan. Had he been immediately blotted from existence, they would have served God from fear rather than from love. The influence Mm -hmm. of the deceiver would not have been fully destroyed, nor would the spirit of rebellion have been utterly eradicated. Evil must be permitted to come to maturity for the good of the entire universe through ceaseless Ages, Satan must more fully develop his principles that his charges against the divine government might be seen in their true light by all created beings. So yeah, you know, when we think of why it wasn't instituted earlier, you know, it's you know, some of these things like 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 we're reading in this quote, the plan that God had for not only for the angels for us, but for other worlds to be able to see the outcome of sin would have not then been understood if g i think if jesus would have came earlier you know and uh, it it makes even more sense when we read in romans 1 13 it brought this idea as i was reading this is paul speaking but it kind of i connected these verses again it says um now i do not want you to be unaware brother brethren that i often planned to come to you but was hindered until now that i might have some fruit among you also just as among the end among the other gentiles right this Mm -hmm. is uh, the the entry of Paul to to the to the Romans right and I think that that kind of draws a clue you know Paul w- wanted to go preach to to Rome but he was hindered because uh, because the fact that there was a harvest that he was going about to receive at that time that he was sent and in the same way when we see Jesus and his death I think that his death and 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 everything we're speaking about, the law was put in a perfect place so that Jesus would have a harvest amongst us that mm. he would be able to sing save the most people at that time. And, and well, I want, yeah. and, and even more in acts 17 26 through 27 it says, and he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined, their pre-appointed times and boundaries of their dwellings so that they should seek the Lord in hope that they might grope for Him and find Him, though He is not far from each of us. And so I think that when we bring all these points together, you know, why wasn't it instituted earlier? It's because evil had to develop. God wanted to bring a harvest, and He chose the best possible point in history to do that. And He has made a pre-appointed time with every single one of us, that we should seek Him.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree, um, I, I, and I think that's well said. God, God has a plan, and that's that's the bottom line, right? Uh, which is why we keep telling you, keep calm, keep calm, and Advent on. Like, 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 just just have faith in God. All right, He's gonna take care of it. Now, I want to include a question that that we're getting from Michelle right now, because uh, I think it's a it's a valid question mm-hmm. when it comes to the conversation of the law. Uh, the question is, um, she says, "What is your response to the idea that the Ten Commandments?" and Jesus' teachings mostly applies to the Bible times. And and I think that mostly part is important because there are some concepts that keep going, but there are others that we've left behind, right? Not going to mention any uh, fourth commandment. Uh, And so because we live in different times and society is different compared to back then. So the question is, why is it, uh, how do we respond and say, no, no, that was for them back then for their times. We live in different times. What do you guys think about
1: that? I mean, I would respond with, with the verse that you quoted earlier from Matthew 5, 17, you know, do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy them, but to fulfill them. So this idea that the Old Testament or, 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 or the law was something that was abolished or something that was not for our time was something that Jesus himself, you know, uh, kind of, you know, uh, fought against to some extent. And we see this in the Sermon of the Mount, right? Yeah. And even if you say that the Old Testament or the law Right, is something that was abolished or was for a different time. Right, what Jesus establishes on the Sermon on the Mount is on a higher level than even that. Right, Absolutely. right. And, and you know, he says before it was said that if you killed a brother or, or sister, you were in danger of going to hell. Now I say that if you're even angry with a brother, you're in danger of hellfire. And he goes through all these different commandments almost as if to show the spirit of the commandment and cool. put it on an even higher level.
0: Yeah, that is correct. That is correct. Jason,
2: you want to say something? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, I was actually, uh, I was actually um, reading uh, while I was looking up for all this stuff. I read, I came across a, across an article, and it was saying that, yeah, like all of this was like all the, all the laws that the Jews held during the time, they they had laws to cover everything, mm-hmm. and they had it. Um, it's talked about even, even to the point of um, how the military would, would go into, into action and things like this. Right. But I like that you pointed out something earlier, Mitch. Um, you said there was no perfect sacrifice up until Jesus. Hmm. So a lot of those laws that they had, a lot of the laws, even if we look into the, into the old Testament and, um, and the, by the Israelites going through the desert, a lot of the laws had for the people to be put to death on sight like whatever their sin was to be put to death on sight and um, they're, because at the time they just really they're, Jesus sacrifice hadn't been done yet there was no perfect sacrifice to cover for the sin that they had just made yeah they had the they they had the 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 what's it called the the sacrifice of the lamb and all that their sins got transferred onto the lamb symbolically all of this but there was no perfect sacrifice to make us look perfect in front of god for that sin to be completely like covered. It was only through Jesus. And just like Andrew was saying, Jesus didn't come to get rid of the law. He came to, to, to uphold it, but also the direct con, the direct consequences of our sins. They weren't being applied to us directly anymore. Now we had the choice, the clear choice of being, do I want to take the actions of my sin directly? Or do I want to follow God? Do I want to follow Jesus and accept Him as my Savior because His death covers the penalties of all my sins?
0: Look, you bring, you bring something up that that uh, I had a light bulb moment here um, regarding the question and exactly what you're saying, Jason, this idea that there was no perfect sacrifice. Uh, and so you had these kind of severe consequences right, to breaking the law in certain mm-hmm. circumstances. Um, the problem is that you cannot separate these concepts from who God is, right? Uh, we, we've often said that the law reflects God's character. Uh, and that's not even something that that I've come up with or any of you have come up with. That's literally uh, something that that Spirit of Prophecy points to, for example, a lot, right? And, 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 and we know that it reflects God. Uh, there's a quote from um, uh, The Faith I Live By. This is page 86. And it says, God's law is not a new thing. It is not holiness created but holiness made known. It is a code of principles expressing mercy, goodness, and love. Mm -hmm. It presents to fallen humanity the character of God and states plainly the whole duty of man. Now, God tells you, do this or don't do that. And you go in and you do this or you don't do that, right? Whatever, that's, that's your choice. That's freedom of will as you said that. But then come the consequences. Adam and Eve, there was consequences to everything that they did we also face the same consequences, right? And, but, and you could even say that we face ultimate consequences, eternal consequences. And here, here's my issue with the question that Michelle is saying. When a Christian comes in and says, look, I believe in Jesus, do you also believe that Jesus is the judge of the world? Do you also believe that there will be judgment at the time of the end? Do you believe that God will bring about hellfire? Because this is all things that are found in scripture. Like we can't deny that. Right? Just like back then, back then, if you did something like this, you would get stoned. We could say the same thing applies to us, just in a greater context and at the very end of time. Now, hold on. What is it that God is going to use as the rubric to determine whether or not you receive hellfire or eternal life? What what is God going to use? If, if the law doesn't apply anymore, then you mean God is just going to decide this arbitrarily? We cannot live in both worlds where we say, oh, the law pointed me to Jesus, but now it doesn't matter. Or the law, uh, back then it was important, but now it's not. Because if God is going to judge all of us at the end of time, what is he going to hold up to say why you are being judged? And the only answer that I have is his law. And it has to be perfectly righteous, Right. But that also means it has to be perfectly eternal for the record, for the record. Again, to this question, um, when somebody says, oh, the law applied to them, not to us. Well, which part of it? Because when Jesus summarized the law, he says that the law is summarized. And and Andrew, you mentioned this, right? That That the law hangs on these two concepts. All the prophets and the law are based on these two things. What are they? Love God, love your neighbor. So which one of those two doesn't apply to our days today? Which one? Loving God or loving your neighbor? Which one? Because the law is summarized in those two concepts. You know what I mean? Like, like oh, there, and, I, and, I, and I have a feeling, and I'm going to bring this, I don't want this to be a conversation on the Sabbath, but I feel like, we said, oh yeah, you should love God. Oh yeah, you should not have graven images. Oh yeah, you shouldn't take his name in vain. You should honor your parents. You shouldn't murder. You shouldn't lie. You shouldn't commit adultery. You shouldn't steal. We say all those things, except for one. And one of those commandments, the fourth one, the Sabbath is the one that we go back and say, oh, that was for them. We don't live in those times anymore. We live now, which for the record, if you piece everything together, Okay. The Ten Commandments was given even before Torah was given, even before the very first words of Genesis were given. Mm -hmm. Moses had not written Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy when God establishes the law. Think about it. The Ten Commandments. The Sabbath precedes all that and everything that we know. Anyways, go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, I wanted to mention, uh, now that I was rereading her question, I I think it it was, uh, she was trying to state something different. I'm not sure if, if this is what she was stating because uh, we're we're looking at it from a perspective as Christian believers, right? Why was the, you know the Old Testament? You know, is the Old Testament uh, something that was you know for only the people at that time? But I, I think she might be speaking from a perspective of a non-believer, right? What is your response to the idea that the Ten Commandments and Jesus' teaching mostly applies? Bible times because we live in different times and society is different compared to back then so from a perspective on, of a non-believer saying well oh you know the Bible and all those things the teacher that that Jesus teaches and the Ten Commandments those were for back then so I, I think that kind of leads to one of the questions is you know why do people ignore God's law today right yeah what are some of the reasons that we that, that we ignore God's law today and one of the the, the verses that, that came to my mind was in 2 Timothy uh, 3, 1 through 2, which says, But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. But the part I want to focus on is that first part it says, For men will be lovers Of themselves right when we think of the law of god and why people ignore the law of god or people don't see it as something relevant i think the question goes a lot deeper right a lot of uh, we're living in a generation of i right we spoke about this last time right it says for men will be lovers of themselves right we think when we think of the law of god we say we want to put our autonomy above god right about above what god has to say and um i think that's one of the reasons that, that that um uh, that people ignore God's law today. What do you guys think? Why do you think uh, people people ignore or dismiss God's law based on some of these premises, right? That these are for old times or, or any other premise. What do you guys think?
2: I think, uh, and I've had this conversation with um, with someone else. Um, I think it's all convenience. It, it really goes down conven- to convenience. Like, is it going to benefit? Is God's law going benefit to me, benefit me of what I want to do? And like you said, they're going to become lovers of the self. And when you become a lover of yourself, it's whatever you want to do, whatever I want to do. And it's the I. And Paul has a specific verse, I can't think of the top of my head, where he talks everything about I. But when Jesus comes into the picture, it's not I anymore. It's what he wants. And that's the problem. When it's just I, the law is going to seem senseless. The law is going to seem like it has no fit into what my lifestyle is like because it's all about i what i want and um the conversation i was having with the individual specifically pertained to our eating habits and -hmm. it's something that some people also completely miss out on like our eating habits the 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 excuse that a lot of christians use is like jesus died for me that's it i just have to uh, believe in him. And I ask for forgiveness of my sins. And I could practically keep repeating the same sin over and over and over. But I just told Jesus, hey, look, I'm sorry I did this. That's it. That's not how it works. Because once you truly have Jesus, you start changing. um And then I could go back to Ephesians 2. Eight through ten, which we already covered earlier, mm-hmm. that we are saved by fa- we are we are saved by faith, but also faith ends up requiring good works. They work in together. They don't work apart from each other. They have to work together. And when it comes to the, when it comes to the law, we can't say that the because it was different times. They still went through the same sins. They still had adultery. They still committed murder. Same the same problems. Mm-hmm. That that happened in our society today happened in that society back then. So why are you telling me the law isn't going to apply? How is it not valid if they're going through the same exact thing just in a different way? That, that that's why I I don't see that it correlates like that. I can't see it not applying because we go through the same exact things. Yeah, you, uh, you, uh, God's universal
0: principles are universal. Exactly. I mean, let, let's just let's just let's just let, let's make that very clear. I and Andrew, like I I I'd see you. I can see why you read. That it could be coming from a
1: unbeliever. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I yeah, just no, no,
0: no, no, that. no, no. I'm saying I, I agree with you. I can see how that can be coming from an unbeliever, right? Saying, Oh, that was for them. And yet they're still going to be judged, right? Like, like it, uh, it it does not change the circumstances and and the fact that everyone doesn't matter whether you believe or not we deal with the same weaknesses of human nature. I mean, we do. Mm-hmm. Just look at, look at what's going on right now with all this protesting uh, uh, of the uh, uh, of the mask and the, and the coverings and the reopening the economy and all that. And look, and I don't even know where I sit with all of this because I it's just like too much for me. Like it's above my head, but I will say this. There was like some meme out there of somebody who had like a little thing that said, my rights are more important than your life. Like, are you, whoa. Right? What do you mean? So you you mean you don't care if someone dies? And and I understand where they're coming from. They may be in a situation that is very tough, and they need to get back to work. I get it, but selfishness is at work, right? And that's whether you are a believer or an unbeliever.
1: Bro, you hit it right on right on the nail, man. I was going to hit into that next point, right? You know, what were some of the reasons we just dismiss God's law, and you you said it. Uh, you said it perfectly, right? Whether we want to dismiss it or not, some of these things are things that are relevant to us because there's going to be a judgment whether we like it or not, whether we like agree not. with it or not. This is something that has, you know, that we have to look at. We can't just turn our, you know, uh, a blind eye, I guess, like you would say, but you know, yeah, exactly. Like you were saying, uh, there was a quote, uh, that, um, one of my friends from, uh, on Facebook posted that I, that I thought was interesting kind of going along with, uh, everything that we we're talking about, the mass deal, but, uh, and, and the unfortunate event that happened, um, uh, that the, the, the whole racism thing, that, um, that man that was killed unfortunately yeah. but he yeah. said this comment and i thought it was interesting it says racism is a sin period no ifs no buts if we only spent that energy on calling out hate and racism instead of focusing on whether my rights are being taken away by wearing a mask mm. <laughs> i was like wow that that, that, was, that was pretty interesting and and it's true because we're talking about the law right and now I, I found the article right talking to uh this this whole mask thing that we're talking about it says um, some readers complain that Pennsylvania is overstepping its power by mandating that people wear masks whenever they go into stores. I have a better chance at getting hit by a bus than I would getting COVID-19, one said. The government has taken away our rights. Our forefathers are rolling over in their graves. Others re- other readers defended the mask rule. Masks aren't to be worn to protect you. They're worn to protect others, one who wrote. The problem with all of this is that the government, government believes it has a right, the right to order behavior. I agree with wearing a mask when I go out and I wear a mask and carry hand sanitizer, but I do so because I choose to do so because it is the right thing. And this is where we entered to, to what we were talking about, you know, a couple of weeks about morality, right? If we don't have this law, this, this, uh, um, this mirror, this, uh, uh, this uh, uh, GPS, as we call the Bible, right? to, to, to guide us, then all of a sudden everything becomes relative. Right. Yeah. And we start to see how, how it starts to play out today, you know, and, and, and I thought, I found that interesting.
0: Andrew, Andrew, let me, let me just say, cause uh, the, the quote that you just read said um, that uh, if the question or something like that, right. That the question is whether or not government can legislate behavior. Can God legislate behavior? Can God legislate behavior? Can God and, and, give law determining our behavior?
1: And, and the interesting thing about that is that if we as a society don't even want to follow under the, the, the governmental law or rules, how much less would, would we want to fall under God's yeah. law?
0: Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I've, I've always thought this, uh, and, and, I'll, and I'll say it one more time, and I think it's so important that we capture this. We love to proclaim Jesus as Savior. The question is, do we also proclaim him as Lord? Because Savior and Lord are two different things. Savior is the one that comes to me and rescues me from the situation that I'm in. Lord is the one that tells me what to do. Lord is the one that tells me what to do. Look, the, and and an unbeliever is going to deny God and Jesus and everything. That's true, right? Uh, but but for a believer, that's, that's where the problem is that I think like for a Christian believer to end up saying, no, you know what? Look, I, yeah, I'm going to worship God, but I'm going to do it my way. I'm not, I'm not, I don't care about the law. Look again, we're not saying that the law will save you. We know that we are, you're saved by grace through faith. We know that. But at the very end of all of this, the question is, where does the law place in your heart? Is it sweeter than honey? Do you want to keep the law and someone who is truly converted would naturally want to keep the law because god is changing your nature holy spirit is changing your nature we don't brush off the law we say bring it lord do whatever you need to do it's in fact i'm gonna i'm gonna read the quote from uh, chris lopez because I, I he put it in there yeah. steps to christ excellent quote desires for goodness and holiness are right as far as they go but if you stop here they will avail nothing right we want to be good, but what is that going to do? And he uh, continues quoting, many will be lost while hoping and desiring to be Christians. They do not come to the point of yielding the will of God. And as an announcement, if you have not read steps to Christ, you have to read steps to Christ. Okay. Incredible book, small, but incredible, but that's where it's coming from. And this is the point, right? The point is we got to yield to God. Like, and that literally means Lord, you got it. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? By the way, we say that to our, our our girlfriends. We say that to our boyfriends. We say that to our spouses, right? Hey, what do you want for Mother's Day? I tell my wife, right? You tell uh, uh, Jason, right? Because uh, you're the you're the non-married one here. You're gonna tell me that you've never asked your girlfriend, hey, what would you like, right? I mean, this is this is part of what we do when we love someone. Mm-hmm. So maybe the fundamental question is, do we love God enough, where we say, hey, hey, you know what? I want to keep his law. Uh Maybe we don't.
1: Hey, man. Romans 8, 7 says the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. And I think you hit it right on the nail. It's it's, uh, the idea of submission, right? Uh, uh, I don't remember where I was reading this, but, you know, kind of of going off topic, right, about um, uh, uh, Satan and the demons even believe in Jesus right? In James, it says that the, the, you know, the demons, they, they tremble, but they don't submit to God. That's the difference. And that's the key difference. They don't give up their will to, to God. And that is the defining uh, uh, foundation for all of this is submitting our will to God's will.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. By the way, Jason, look, uh, I'm, I'm just going to give you the honors here. You got to read that text. You got to read First John chapter 2, verse 3. It came in the comments from Isauda. Um, I, I, I think you, Yeah, I think you got to read First John chapter two verses three and four. Um, you, I, you said this is this is your mom's, uh, uh, your girlfriend's mom, right? Am I correct? Yes, sir. Okay, all right. Hey, so all you right, got you got to read this God text, God. man, because I think I think it says it all right there. I think it says it all. All right,
2: First John two verses three to six, and it says, "Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar." And the truth is not in him, but whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. Wait, it says through six. Yeah, through six, three six. Yeah. He who says he abides in him ought himself to also also to walk just as he walked.
0: Oh come on, like this, I, I. It cannot be clearer than that. At some point, like at some point, if it's not, if that's not clear enough. You should literally slap yourself. You know, they're going to quote <laughs> me on this as well. I'm, I'm sorry. I they're, gonna okay, they're going to make
1: Where a meme. They're going to make a meme. Where are you at? Where's Elias? Well.
0: I know. I, I know. Initially, I said burn the churches, and that was taken out of context. And now they're going to say, go slap yourself. But here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. Look, if you're a Christian and you read this, you read a text like this, does it not make sense? Literally, he who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked, by the way. Was Jesus not perfectly righteous? Does that not mean that we gotta to strive to be perfectly righteous? It's not to be saved, because that's not gonna save you. But as a product of that salvation, the law has gotta be there. Which brings us to the last question, right? Because we gotta wrap it up here, okay? Brings us to, to this last question. Is it is it possible to keep the law? Is it, is it possible to be obedient to the law?
1: Uh, no, uh, I don't You guys I... were speechless. Oh, okay. oh, I'm <laughs> sorry. No, no, I, <laughs> I, 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 I was waiting for it. No, no, I, I, I think uh, we we go back to to perspective and and, and method, you know, uh, when we look at this, you know, is it possible to keep the law, right? And, and we look at everything we've been uh, kind of trying to tie together, right? Um, and uh, in, I, in Philippians two twelve, I, I read the verse right where it talks about, for it is God who who works in you both to will and to do His good will, right? So it is it is this combination. Uh, of the law of God and faith in Jesus that allows us to keep the law. If we can say, you know, uh, I believe in revelation uh, where it talks about uh, the remnant. These um, are, there are those who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. It's the commandment. It's the, it's the, it's the, the, how would you say? It's the, the perfect balance of these two, right? The word of God and that faith of Jesus that allows us to be able to keep the law.
2: That's correct. That's correct. And and, uh, the faith in Jesus is the one that's going to push you to want to keep the law. Like you you can't have one one without the other. Once you start following Jesus, it's like, okay, like Mitch was saying earlier, when you love someone, you want to do things for them. And Jesus says, if you love me, and like Mitch was reinstating earlier, you will keep the commandments. So once we love Jesus, it's like, okay, God, I know I'm imperfect, but I want to do this. How can I do it? That, that's where that's where you start asking yourself, like, what can I do to get rid of these these things in my character, so I could follow the law mm-hmm. more perfectly. Like, like Mitch was saying, we're not perfect. We're not going to get to that point that we're going to follow it to the T. But the the difference is, are you going to be trying to work to get to that point, or are you just going to lose your focus and be like, well, I can't be perfect, so I'm just going to drop it off there and let's see what happens? No, once you love Jesus, you're going to work and you're going to keep on working. We're going to keep on working through our whole entire life here on this earth to try to reach that, to that point, to try to, to try to please God, but that's only going to happen if you love him.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I I wanted to add something else before we, because we've been talking about this the the law, right? Jesus and and the combination. And I wanted to add this because I think this is, this is crucial. We're talking about this because I think that all of this could possibly be meaningless unless we talk about how this can be practical in our lives today right? How, how does this look, right? From a practical standpoint, uh, you know, how, how is the law viable to us today? You know, some examples or how, how is it viable to us personally, right? Because we've been struggling with all these, this idea of the law, you know, are we saved by the law, you know, uh, Jesus in all this, but how does that look practically? Because I think that that's important. A lot of the young people want to look at how, do, how does that look like today? What, what part does the law play today in our lives, in our spiritual lives,
0: yeah, yeah, I, I think, I think that's a, that's a really important question, Jason. I don't. I, like I mean, we we're about to say. Something. I,
2: I've said it before. Uh, something to perfectly answer that is, what would Jesus do as a Christian? The word says itself. A followers of Christ. What would Jesus do? That's all we have to ask ourselves to be able to answer that. Obviously, Jesus would follow the law. That's plain and simple. Yeah, yeah. I, I look.
0: I keep thinking that if we look at the law, if we rephrase the way we look at the law, right? And instead of looking at it as a burden, we look at it as God's way of giving us the highest quality of life. Um, That's the way it becomes practical. I think that it is good. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong. I think that it is good that we honor our parents. I think that it is good that we don't kill. I think that it is good that we don't lie, right? I mean, those are good things. Mm -hmm. No one's going to deny that. Now, the problem may be when we talk about, is it good to worship only one God, right? Is it good to not make graven images? And as soon as God comes into the equation, I get it, people, especially if you're not a believer, right? You start pushing back. But even then, loving someone other than yourself is the first step to having a better world. That that's, that to me is without a doubt. As soon as I start thinking about others, as opposed to thinking of myself and what God says is first love God. You say, how's that possible? Well, first God loved you anyways. Right. And that's why you would even love God because he loved you first, according to first John. And, and, and so, the more that we look at God's love, you say, no, wait a minute. His intentions are pure and good and loving towards me. So when he tells me, don't do this, don't do that, then, then it makes sense. By by the way, look, uh, going back to the Sabbath, and again, maybe we got to talk about the Sabbath next week. Um, But, but going back to this concept of the Sabbath, uh, it's, it is a wonderful thing to turn off your TV for 24 hours during the week to turn off the video games, to, to, to stop thinking about work, to, to stop working for that matter. Yeah. Look, it is a great thing to have a Sabbath. Why do people push back on it so much? You talk about the practicality of it. I keep thinking that the reason why is because people see the practicality of it, but they don't want to be practical about it. Andrew, human nature literally keeps pushing against that you said it lovers of selves but sometimes we even love i look i i remember somebody telling me i love the sabbath because it's the one day the whole family's together and and you say wow oh okay yeah the sabbath could definitely be that not if you're working all the time so i'm just saying when god establishes law when god gives us law it gives us higher quality of life if we if we in, in a practical sense right um if we start keeping these precepts and jason i agree with you what would Jesus do? It is about living the life that Jesus lived. In, in short,
1: yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely true. You know, um, we look at the um, the two commandments where God says, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your mind and your soul, and love your neighbor of yourself as yourself." You know, on these two things hang all the law and prophets. Right. So, in in essence, a summary of, of the ten commandments. Right. The first half is loving God, and the second half is loving your neighbor. And right. in, in, we could even look at that even the commandments as a summary of the entire entire word or the entire Bible of God, if you look at the 10 commandments and, and you you know that those are not the only commands that God gives us are the 10 commandments, but we have com- commands throughout the entire Bible, right? And all those in some way fall under those 10 principles and those 10 principles under those two laws. So, you know, good and evil are so intertwined now. And, and the law is something that has to be practical to, today to distinguish these things. You know, uh, the Bible says I have hid, My, I have hid thy word in in my heart that I might not sin against thee, right? And when we look at that, you know, one of the practical, I guess, things that I want to say, I remember thinking to myself, you know, um, when I was first discovering, you know, some of the things that the Bible talked about, I remember coming across Ephesians 5, 3 through 4, that was, uh, uh, it says, but among you, there must not be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people, nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. I mentioned this uh, a lot of times, but this this part where it says foolish talk or coarse joking, many of you guys know that I love to joke around. And sometimes I, I, I may go too far a little bit with my jokes, but from a practical standpoint, when we take the law, when we take the word of God, and I saw this, it's like Paul said, you know, once I was alive apart from the law, but once I saw that, you know, Sin sprang up once the you know, it's the same thing that happens here. You know, we have to make the word of God. We have to make the law of God, something practical, something that is always on our mind and, and that, that's going to help us, uh, guide us in, in this current generation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, um, uh, we got to wrap it up But yeah. um, two things, right? Number one, uh, Armando Sanchez, uh, puts right that the apostles weren't perfect. They weren't, it's true. They were not. But what they were trying to do was walk in the steps that Jesus was walking. And I think that we got we to gotta allow God to do that work in us, right? But definitely Jesus can do that. And then I, and I, and I want to I just finish with this one text because I think um, it, it, it goes to the heart of everything we were talking about. Uh, this is 1 John 2, 1. And, and John writes and he says, My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. Now, should it happen? And if anyone sins, if anyone breaks the law, yeah, we have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And so this is the battle that we have. Look, um, it, it, the, the we may think that the law is a burden, but the Lord will change us to feel that it is sweeter than honey at some point. Mm-hmm. And we will want to please God. And we will want to, uh, uh, we will love Jason, right? We will love this idea of free will that God has given us yes. to either accept it or not. And, and we'll be like, you know what? No, we want to do this for the honor and glory of God, because we love him and he loved us first. So um, we're going to wrap it up there because we've gone. We've gone long today. Um, yeah, today was another long one. Yeah. And, and I just want to thank everybody that's been with us uh, uh, today and, um, uh, you know, for the comments that we didn't get to. Um, I, Ivan had a, had a good comment as well. I didn't mention that, right? But the idea is that the, what happened at the cross is at a whole level of importance higher. Than any other concept that is in scripture. And I would agree with that. And maybe we have to talk about the cross. And I think that's also a very good topic. Um, we, we just want to remind you uh, that it, please connect with us through our Instagram account. Um, and that's ad, uh, sorry, that's at keep calm advent on. Okay. Keep calm advent on straight. right No, no, no hyphens, no dashes, nothing like that. Um, and, uh, and we want to make sure that, uh, if you guys have a question or maybe even co- uh, a topic that you want us to discuss, let us know through there. Uh, and that's, that's just a good way for us to be able to talk about the things that, that you would all like us to talk. And, and also we- our
2: email is on the Instagram page. So another perfect way to reach us that you, you, you guys don't have an excuse to not reach us out with comments or questions or topics that you want us to cover. That, that's correct. And look, and honestly, we sit down, uh,
0: early in the week and we say, what, what, what we pray about this, what is the Lord going to lead us to, uh, you know, but ultimately what we want is for you to be blessed by these conversations. Yeah.
1: No. Yeah. And I would just, just to add to that, please, you know, we would love for you guys to make it easier for us. We sit down some of these Mondays and we're like, what are we going to talk about this Monday? Right.
0: And it's not that we don't have things to talk about. No, exactly. We have way too many things to exactly. talk about. Yeah.
1: We have, a, we have a good problem, but we have so many things that we want to talk about. We're trying to, I guess, uh, bring to you guys the content, I guess. We, you know, we have so many things like about doctrine and all these things, but we want to kind of hit the bigger subjects first before we start to get into some of the more specifics. But we would love for you guys for you guys to give us feedback, and, and that way it would, it would be much easier for us. <laughs>
0: I, I, absolutely. No, no, I agree. And, and again, but mainly we just want to make sure that these conversations benefit you above all. Uh, you know, so uh, Jessica, uh, she said, Thank you. Love these conversations. Honestly, that's what we want. We just want you to uh, have these conversations. Once we're done, you, the conversation continues at your own home with your family, with your friends. You keep talking about it because the more that we come together, study scripture, analyze, read, ask for the Holy Spirit's direction, and focus on Jesus, the better we're going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, uh, Instagram, uh, keep calm, Advent on. Okay. Find us there. And, um, and you know, send us an email, shoot us a DM, whatever it is. Uh, it, you know, we hope that we can connect with you in that way. Um, uh, Jason, do you think you can lead us with a final word of prayer
2: here? Let's go. Uh, let's, if you guys could join me in the prayer, guys. Let's bow our heads. Uh, Father God, I want to thank you, Lord, uh, first of all, for another day of life that you've given us. Lord, not just any day, but a Sabbath. Where we could rest, and from all our worries of the week, Lord, and we could uh come together and talk about you lord now lord uh you know today's topic was about your law it genuinely is something good for us lord you would never give us uh, anything bad lord um and i pray that you help us study it and i pray that you Mm -hmm. help us come come to it from a point that we see it as something practical something that is important for us to follow something that is good for our lives uh if there's whatever struggle it is that um that any of your viewers are going through, Lord, I pray that you bless them and I pray that you help them see the light at the end of the tunnel, Lord, and that they not get the that they not get dismayed because maybe your answer isn't at the time that they wanted it, um, but let them understand that your timing is perfect, Amen. just like the sacrifices of Jesus, Lord. Amen. Please uh, protect us, Lord, and let us keep on getting closer to you. In your name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Uh,
0: so once again. We thank you guys for connecting us. Uh, Jason, Andrew, uh, thank you guys for the time once again, um, both to the High Desert Church, to the Inland Spanish Church or to anybody else who was watching us. I'm assuming out in uh, somewhere in, in, in South, South California, right, uh, Jason? Yeah, absolutely. Um, everybody that joined us, thank you so much. Um, and remember, look, we're still in quarantine. We're, we're I mean, we, we still are at the stay-at-home order. That has not been lifted. I know some businesses have. Please be safe. And as I've said over and over again, keep washing those hands. I know you don't have to cover your mouth, but maybe you should keep doing that. But more than anything, when things get super crazy, you know what you got to do. You got to keep calm. You got to advent vent on. Keep calm and advent on. Those are the five words we have for you guys. Be blessed. Have a great Sabbath. And for the Inland Spanish Church, 20 minutes, we're going to start, hopefully, our, our Society of God bless.
2: God bless.